guys, welcome back to another Saturday Live. What is going on? Pumped to be doing these. I've been doing quite a lot of these lately in the same day. So I think this is my, my third one in a day. So my brain is scrambled. Anyway, um, super awesome to have uh, this next guest on the show with us. Anyone listening on the podcast, this is something that I've never done before. I normally interview people who are on the autism spectrum and doing stuff in that um, that scene. Even though I did interview somebody who was running like a disability section of a football stadium. But today... I have a very special guest who I've actually met in person once before as well. This is Sophie. And she, when I met Sophie, was a school teacher, I think, at the time in an SEN school. But now she's a SENCO, which is Special Educational Needs Coordinator for a mainstream school. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to get into this conversation and talk about all the bits and pieces and the uh, the ins and outs of, of what she does. And um, hopefully it should lead some insight. So Sophie, do you want to introduce yourself and what you do and stuff? Yeah, of course. Um, hi, I'm Sophie. Uh, Thank you for calling me a special guest. I feel um, I feel honoured to be here. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's okay. So yeah, I'm um, in my third year of teaching. I taught a lot of autistic children. Um, I also study study a master's degree um, focusing on autism. So it's really my passion and championing neurodiversity. Wow, awesome! It's good to have you on the team because. Yeah, we need all the help we can get right now. There's so much stuff being thrown at us, thanks to Sia yeah. and Mark Rover. Anyway, we're not going to get into that, but <laughs> but anyway, um, no, it's it's really interesting because you know, I, I you know, coming from an autism advocate myself of being on, I, you know, I had a diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome and ADHD, OCD, dyslexia, and a bunch of other stuff. You know, it, it's it's easy for me to sit here and say like, you know, this is what people need to know about autism, blah blah blah. But what what we never really kind of have on this show or, or, or in, on my content is what do people who are working in that field, what do you need to know? You know what I mean? Cause I'm always saying like, you need to know this, but what, what would you like to know? You know, I think that's interesting. So what would you say some of the biggest issue areas are for, for kind of like educational establishments with autism? I mean, where to start? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I think there's a whole host of things, as there always is with education, unfortunately. Um, I I watched a video um, yesterday, I think, with um, Joanna Grace um, about creating sensory spaces in oh, her yeah. schools. And um, it, it was found in her research that some people kind of have it or, or don't have it, sort of the knack for teaching um, neurodiverse children. Some people kind of get it and some people kind of don't. So I think that's a, a huge barrier that we face in terms of the attitudes that staff mm. have um, towards working with neurodiverse children um, and kind of not understanding the, the communication in behavior, um, in nonverbal cues, those sorts of things. So mm. I, I definitely find that a challenge. And I think something that I would always love to know is particularly with pre-verbal children, I'm always kind of assuming what they're trying to communicate. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. from uh, an autistic person's perspective, I would kind of love to know what some of those things could be interpreted as meaning from your perspective. hundred percent. That's super interesting. Um, you know, I've, um, I've got a course, um, I'll give you access to it actually. Um, uh, I, I do sell the course for like 270 no it's like 249 pound I think but I'll give you access to the course for free um it's for um like therapists educational you know professionals uh mums dads and also people on the spectrum and I actually cover this this instant you know like how do you how do you understand what someone's saying you know 
if they if they're unable to speak it in a certain way you know so it's really interesting and i do cover that in this course so i'll, I'll send you access to that and you and i definitely love your feedback that would be on amazing that. thank yeah, you yeah of course no problem you know it's it's funny because when, when we think about school and stuff like that and i have the same issue with like hospitals and doctor surgeries that you know less than 40 percent of the gps and, and the hospital staff know anything about autism so it's like well how on earth are you going to go somewhere to be treated when they know less than 40% of your condition. I know they shouldn't, you know, how they know everyone's condition. Well, you're going to a health establishment for a start, right? So the same issue I have with like the education establishment, like how would you say the ratio is of the amount of teachers who are aware of, of the issues that autism presents? I would say that almost everyone is aware. Um, okay. but I think it's the um, kind of the portrayal of autism in the media oh, is- God the the level of what people understand so they're expecting very kind of like Sheldon Cooper-esque um, <laughs> kind of children and if a child in their class that has a diagnosis of autism doesn't present in that way uh, yeah. they end up just feeling quite stuck and not going where not knowing where to go with it mm. for example we've got a child at the moment who's um he's very fixated on sticks that's his special interest he just loves sticks and the teacher's like, how, how am I supposed to teach him when all he wants to do is look at sticks? Mm -hmm. So you, you make his learning about sticks. Yeah, that's simple. To me, that feels like a second nature kind of yeah. link. But for some, apparently not. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, it's, it's algebraic, isn't it? You apply sticks to a, a unit of anything. So you just, that's what it is. A stick is the unit exactly. of the, the item, right? It's, yeah, I love, I love algebra for that reason. That's, everyone's like, you never use algebra in real life. I was like, oh, you do, son. But, you know, it's, and I, I just love maths and stuff. But, you know, um, it's funny because it, it's really like, to, to like, to me and the work that I do, it's really kind of like, sometimes people ask me a question. I'm like, have I just answered that as simply as I just did? And, and, I've, and I always say like, did I answer your question? Okay, because I feel like I just said to you, like if they say, how do I get from A to B? And I'm like, you just walk it. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, that just is so simple that I just really did. But I think it's because, you know, from what I see is that if, if you're an educ, you know, if you're a professional working in the field, if you're not like, you've got so many things going on. If you're not actively like searching at nighttime, you know, scrolling through, you know, those like papers and stuff at night on your phone, reading everyone autism, like, how are you supposed to know? Like, is there training available? Like how, what is your role as a Senko? Do you have any responsibility to educate the staff in the kids? Yeah, definitely. Um, I do quite a lot of CPD training um, with the staff at my school, a lot of kind of generic um, training that all staff in school can attend um, and I also do specific class team meetings if they have a child in their class that um, is neurodiverse, specific strategies that are working for them, keep, keeping up to date on what's working well, what's not working, because I think it's very easy from a leadership perspective to just assume that you know what's going on on the ground from what mm -hmm. you see. Um, but I think that is absolutely huge, making sure that staff are involved in every step of the process because they, they see that child every single day. Mm. Um, and also taking time out of my schedule to go and spend time with the child in their classroom, I think is just huge because we're making massive decisions about their um, educational health and care plans, um, the interventions that we're putting in place for them. And I don't understand how we're supposed to do that without sort of seeing it firsthand and communicating to those people. Exactly. I mean, you know, it sounds like 
is there a lot of work that you think needs to be done in terms of education versus autism? Like, because, you know, and I always say it like this, like one of the things I'm campaigning for is, is like, you know, places need to be um, autism friendly or neurodivergently friendly, right? Because, you know, if you go back to like the 20s, if you're a wheelchair user in the 20s and there was no ramp to get into the grocery store, well, that's your problem. You know what I mean? But now, I mean, it'd be sacrilegious. Imagine a store didn't have disability access, right? That it could be sued and rightfully so. And I just think like, wow, look how far we come with, with, with protecting disability rights and things. But then you look at the university, it gets like a backhand slap. Tesco's like, we're going to give you one hour a year to shop in the store. It's like, what the, what is that about? You know, like autism hour once a year. Ooh, that's like, great. But do you know what? The store needs to rethink its market. Because if you think that like one in a hundred people in the kingdom diagnosed with autism, then the store is not accommodating for one out of a hundred people to walk through those doors. That's not good. You know, there's a duty of care for anybody in a public service, right? So, so my question is like, and if you apply that to the school and education board, how far away from being you know, like neurodivergently friendly is the education system? Quite a way, honestly. Yeah. But you can say like honestly, miles and miles away. Yeah, billions of miles Honestly, away. yeah. Um, I think it's compounded as well by... Um, the fact that a lot of children with um, special needs and disabilities are currently in mainstream schools because mm. special schools are, are kind of Overloaded. full. Um, yeah, I think it also goes back as well to um, the training that we get um, in neurodiversity within our t um, initial teacher training. It's mm. not yeah, it's good. It's really is, not good. Yeah, this is the thing. That's why I designed the course. I have so many people like yourself who like, and this is not me trying to sell my course or anything. I don't worry about that. But people like so many people like yourself come up to me and they say like they ask me the same same question. They want training. They want to know more. And they want to have that more deep insight. So this is why I, I was like, oh, maybe I'll create a book and I can just hand that out. And then I was like, well, the book's not as not as like hands on. So I thought if I make a video of me explaining those things, I could be a bit more kind of like mm. express. Uh, you know, I could express it more. So I did that exact thing because I had I literally sat down with the council, our local council, and they were like, oh, we have like, you know, do you do training and awesome? I'm like, yeah, I, I could do. And they're like, oh, we don't know anything about it. I thought, oh, my God. Like, and it was just like just mind blowing. And we have a, a huge special a bridge school here on the island where I live. Um, we have a bridge school here um, and it's a massive like a four million pound development. It's a fantastic school. But, you know still there's there's still staff in there that don't really know about it. I mean, they're working every day and they kind of like, it's a hands-on job and they're doing a great job, but I feel like there's still like, there's so much more work that needs to be done, educating the staff who are educating the kids. Um, and I don't know how we do that. And this is my question to you then. What, what would, how do you think it could be tackled? Like, how would you, if you were like, you know, the Lord or the King of all uh, 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 education right now in the UK, and I, and then they give you a magic money tree um, that they gave to the DUP. Um, they give you a magic money tree and then they said to you, all right, Sophie, let's fix it. Well, what would you do? I would initially probably improve initial teacher training. I think okay. every single teacher that comes into the workforce needs to have done a placement in a special school. Ooh, Everybody. And it's I currently like not compulsory. It's not compulsory. I only did one because I chose to specialise in inclusion. So my girlfriend did the same thing. So my girlfriend has a first degree honors in childhood studies and development in autism, right? Now she um, was going to do a PhD in it, but we wanted to have a kid instead. So um, what a deal breaker that was. Um, and, um, but she, she, you know, she loves this kind of stuff. And she said the same thing. She voluntarily went to do the placement in uh, the bridge school here. And she actually eventually got a job there and they keep asking us to go back, but we're YouTubers now, so we don't need to, but she was good at a job and that's why they want her back. But, you know, she said the same thing, you know, like, 
if everybody had like a little bit of time there, then it, it would just open their minds a bit more. And that, I mean, you just nailed it. I think that, that is it, you know? Nothing treats you better than experience, right? So that's what you want. Oh my gosh. Like that's, you blow my mind. That was awesome. I, I also think as well, the portrayal of autism in the media needs to be vastly improved and way more inclusive. A hundred percent. Did you see my, um, did you see my video on the circle? Did you see that? Yes, I did. I did. So I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying my best, right? Because they, they offered me that, you know, they paid me a bunch of money to go on the show and do this thing. And I tried and we like, we're going to do it. And we were going to show the world like, you know, 24, 24 seven autism, right? And then they, they pulled it because they want to play it safe. And I thought, Mike, you know, then we're never going to get past this barrier if they keep doing that. And the way they treated me as well was, was rubbish. But a friend of mine, um, Shabazz, he was on it. And, um, and I spoke to him about it today. And he was like, oh, man, you know, because Channel 4 are all like rosy. Like, oh, we've got all this diversity. You know, we're, we're, we're you know, Jon Snow and Jeremy Corbyn. And I was like, okay, great. You know, they, 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 they put themselves out there as this channel that's very diverse. But then when it actually comes down to it, I've had nothing but a negative experience with them. And and I, I don't know how to challenge that. I mean, one thing I do know is I'm, I, I'm part of a, um, I, went, I did a summit in MIT with a company called the Rudderman Foundation. And they actually try to, they campaign and and, and change Hollywood's uh, uh, understanding and, and acceptance of like disability in Hollywood, right? So that's kind of on par with it. And I did consult with Netflix for a typical season, uh, season two and three. But in terms of like, that's why Sam, if you, if you look at Netflix as atypical season one, Sam has like got every single trait of, of autism going, right? But yeah, then if he you, does. It, yeah, and it's like just like autism by numbers, isn't it? But if you look at season two and three, he kind of like, he mellows out a bit. Like, but it's because mm-hmm. I, I had the chance that, well, actually I was working with them with season one, but the problem was they'd already shot all the footage on season one. So I couldn't, we couldn't really edit that much. So, um, I think so backwards. I know, it was, it was like kind of afterthought, I think. They kind of, they, were, they found me and were like, <sighs> so I did, I did this cons- uh, consultancy with them and it was really fun. You know, they were really, they were nice guys. And, um, but you know, it was funny because I, I, I said to him like, look, you're just going to make him into this like Sheldon character, which we've got loads of Rain Man, right? We've got Rain Man. We just need real people. And then, so that's why he's mellowing out a bit because they're trying to, to really bring that, that character to life. But um, I, I absolutely think you're right. You know, you, you think about the amount of people who watch telly and they just go and they see like this, this representation and they think that's it. I got it now. And Rain Man, you know, anybody who lots of Rain Man, but it's not, you know, it's, and it's no. hard. How do you break that egg? And, you know, and it's hard, it's hard to penetrate that media kind of, ugh, I'm going to do it though. I'm going to do it with my sledgehammer. Oh, you're frozen on me. Oh, you're back oh, now. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I, anybody watching and I froze, I'm sorry. Okay, so what is your like, what's your goal? What like, Because like, I'm passionate about what I do and my goal is I'm creating a charity right now and lots of charity and um more to come on that but you know i have a huge goals of what i'm doing like I'm, I'm trying to smash down but in terms of you as a teacher what or, or, or a senko right now like what is your goal like what would you, what are you trying to change because we're all trying to change the world right and, and i feel that from you like i feel like you're passionate about it and so anyone with passion i always say okay what's your goal what are you what are you working towards i think that the top of my bucket list currently is i would love to do a ted talk Ooh. i think that's that's the top of the list because I think this whole thing about people that get it and people that don't, to blow my own trumpet, I think I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I think well, you wouldn't I get be in the job if well. you didn't get it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And I just think, like you said, it's so simple when someone says it to you. And I think, as well as that for myself, though, I do also want to make sure that 
like you were saying, Netflix consulted you as an afterthought. Mm. I think that, that should never be the case. We should no. be listening to autistic people to create provision for autistic people. Like mm. no one knows what you need better than you. And I appreciate no. that every autistic person is different and you can't speak for everyone. But I think that in itself is completely backwards. So I think oh, it's bonkers. Isn't I, it? I, I want to educate, but I also want to be able to give, lend my voice mm-hmm. to people that might not have the opportunity to talk to people about it. That's awesome. I, I think it's really good. I think like, you know, having, there's no, there's not enough outspoken teachers um, or, or, or like professional working staff. There's not, there's not an awful lot of them. So maybe you could turn your Instagram into kind of like a place where people could talk and discuss ideas and topics with you about this specific genre. Because I think having that input with someone who's actually championing in it would be just, you know, so much better than this. Cause you, you, you get it all the time. You get like the counselors and the politicians who are like champions of autism, but they don't do it. They just sign something, you know, to say like, yes, I, you know, I support this. And it's, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Cause they're so busy doing other stuff. Maybe they do want to do it, but they're so busy doing other stuff. They don't do it. So I think, I think you, what you're doing is a great service to the community. And I think having people like you is going to change the lives of so many kids who come through your like classrooms and stuff. I think, and that to me is like you're already doing it you know you're already you're already changing the, the world for so many people so I think um thanks for that by the way <laughs> you know and, <laughs> um, and I think you know if if you can help inspire the people to do it like to, to learn more about it and educate I think that'd be great maybe you could make your own kind of like uh teaching plan and we could we could champion it together to, to the government maybe there you go we could do that I did brief the European Parliament on autism and employment this year uh, last year I did um, oh wow yeah, so I do have I do have a lot of like political ties and stuff like that, and so so it's something we could look at. Anyway, Sophie, this has been a great chat. I don't want to bore everyone to death about us talking about the stuff that we might do, but is there anything you'd like to say to my audience before we kind of depart? I think just keep educating people. Um, don't be afraid to speak out about it. Um, it. It doesn't matter how many people you talk to; you don't know how big the ripple of what you say is going to have. So just keep talking about it and don't be yeah. afraid of, of saying the wrong thing and not saying something because you're scared of saying it wrong. Please say it in a safe space um, and allow us to help you, I suppose. Oh, wise words there. Wise words. Thank you, Sophie. That's amazing. All right. So I will leave links to uh, any links that Sophie wants to share with me for public links. If she's got any social media, if you want to get in touch or talk or reach out or see what she's talking about, I will leave all those links in the show notes and in the description of the videos. And I will try and tag her on Instagram if Sophie's cool with that. And uh, so if anybody watching on Instagram right now, you could just click her name and go straight through. Anyway, guys, it's been awesome. I'll see you next Saturday for another one of these bad boys. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already, please share this with anybody and everyone who you think can get some benefit from it. And also I know a bunch of you guys who haven't already subscribed to this podcast, but listen, so please go over and subscribe to it now so you don't miss an episode. Also, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, it's at the Aspie World, the T-H-E Aspie, A-S-P-I-E, and then World, W-O-R-L-D. So the Aspie World. All right, guys, thanks.